0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday.
2: Happy Saturday, Dan. Yeah,
1: we have a lot of things we want to cover today. Um, I am going to throw you a curveball.
2: Hmm.
1: We had a plan. Love that. Yep. And <laughs> I am going off script. And this whole first segment is supposed to be about grubs. Yes. And if you had grubs in the fall, now is the time to treat for them. Yes. So that preventative. Right. Preventative. Yeah. And all the stuff you could have done in the fall, because I had grubs, and my, my thought was, I got to get on this right away. Nope. The actual right thing to do is to wait it out over the, the winter like I did and get them in late spring, early summer, probably would have been you know, beginning of June. So we're right on the cusp of that. If you did struggle with grubs last year, make sure you're checking with some people who sell the right materials, or maybe you've got a yard service. Talk to them about the problem. Now is the time to dig into treating that so you don't have a problem <laughs> dig that in grows. into
2: treating it. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there we go. I did the first segment. Now we can talk about what I want to talk about.
2: Okay. This
1: is the curveball. Yes. I have a new refrigerator. Yes,
2: you do. (laughs) And
1: I was telling Haley about how insane I am. I get very wrapped up with certain things and... With this refrigerator, in the process of getting it and trying to make sure that it's working because it's brand new. Right. And I want to make sure it's working because I don't want to be gypped.
2: Yeah, because it's still under warranty. It's still under so warranty. If so if anything should go wrong, it should happen now.
1: I'm going to run it through its paces. And I, in the course of looking online, I, I run into the butter zone of what the temperature should be. In the fridge. And I never knew that there was a... Well, I assume there's a butter zone, but I didn't know what was. Well, there's a little
2: compartment for it in the fridge. Well, yes, there's a butter zone.
1: (laughs) But I mean the actual temperature zone that it should be. And I found out what it was. Well, of course, my refrigerator doesn't have a thermometer Mm -hmm. in there. Well, I happen to have one that I could drop in there. And so I did. And I mentioned that to you. Now, my point was to say that that has become... A week and a half long. I've had this thing for a week and a half, and it has driven me absolutely insane because I've got too much information to work with right now.
2: (laughs) I was was saying, well, no, I think this is a topic. People should have thermometers in the fridge. I was having meat spoil prematurely. It was driving me crazy. It's a waste of money. Yeah, I was really upset about it. I told my mom, and she said, well, you should really have a thermometer in the fridge so you know exactly what temperature it is, because... Once you get it into that correct temperature, you won't the have that problem. Zone.
1: Yeah, the butter zone will prevent all yes. of that problem. And and so your mom recommended it? Mm-hmm. What did you do? Did you listen to mom?
2: Um, I just turned up the temperature. I did not put a thermometer in. You didn't? <laughs> so you completely disregarded your mother. Well, I listened to half the advice. I didn't have a thermometer to use. I have like one that you put in your ear and, you know, I just...
1: Yeah, that's not yeah. going to work. <laughs> I've got a funny story. I told that once. I shouldn't tell it now. But the, we had Here we <laughs> a thermometer like that for the children. Yeah. And I forget why, but the doctor recommended sometimes that for the babies, the better way to get the temperature is, you know, okay, yep. the other place. And I did not ever do that. But my wife used it that way. And I... I didn't realize.
2: And you put it in your mouth? Oh, yeah. She left it sitting on the table,
1: and I took my temperature, too, and she just sat there staring at me. Oh,
2: my gosh.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Anyway. So you can't use that in the refrigerator, either.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's the one that you put in the
1: fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so... If you get one, I think that's great advice that your mom is giving. I mean, that really is. Because yes, no, it is good advice. We're just guessing by, you know, like my dad was asking because I'm so freaked out. Not freaked out. That's the wrong word. I'm very focused. Mm-hmm, yes. Is my fridge. <laughs>
2: Obsessive. Absolutely
1: say. in the perfect butter zone. And my dad said, well, what temperature is it? I said, I don't know. It's between the little snowflake. In the middle snowflake. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, one is really dark. And he said, oh, good grief. Get a thermometer in there. So I did. I put it in there. And now I have driven myself absolutely crazy. So while we're recommending that the thermometer in the refrigerator could be great for some people, for other people who lean my way, obsessive compulsive, just a little. (laughs) Right? Just a little. If that's you, this might not be good because I find myself checking that thing. It's become a new hobby.
2: Yeah, you get up in the morning, you set, and the first thing that you check is the temperature inside of the fridge. It is not a lie. I stagger
1: into the kitchen, you know, just waking up. Yeah. Open the fridge, and I'm looking at the temperature. I move the food out of the way so I can see the gauge. (laughs) There we go. Butter zone. And then my day is great.
2: What temperature is it supposed to be?
1: 40 is what I'm shooting for. What are you at? Sometimes 40. And those are great <laughs> days. Every now and then I, I open it up and it's 43.6. And then I'm trying to troubleshoot. What's happened? Why did I lose three degrees? So then I open it up and stare at it again.
2: Are you harassing and then the I, kids? Did you stand open with yes, the fridge door? Yes.
1: Who's opening the <laughs> fridge door and why are you leaving it open? And my dad finally said, you know, when you're opening it to check the temp, you're letting all the cold out. <laughs> anyway thermometer in the fridge. I think it's a really good idea for some people.
2: Yeah, not it's for you. It's really problematic for I think you should take others. it out.
1: <laughs> no, definitely think about it, though. If you don't have one, might be worth considering. Alright, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about something wrong that Haley recommended. <laughs> yes. We'll explain more in a little bit. Stay tuned.
0: Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore, on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM.
1: And we're back, and Haley, let's talk about how wrong you were, <laughs> capital R. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's staying. Oh, that is really bad.
1: <laughs> capital W. I was going to make such a good joke.
2: Oh. <sighs> That's so much funnier than any joke you could have made.
1: <laughs> yeah, Haley was wrong. R-O-N. Wrong. <laughs> no. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I guess we'll keep that. Anyway, a long time ago. Amazing. Let's just move on because we're professional, Haley. Mm-hmm. You're going to let oh, yeah. me forget that, right?
2: Yeah. Sure.
1: <laughs> a long time ago. Well, actually, it probably wasn't that long ago. A couple yeah, of was... months ago, if that.
2: Yeah, maybe a month ago.
1: Yeah, we were on the show talking about peel-and-stick wallpaper, and we actually went ahead. We had just used some on a display for a big event that we were hosting. We just wrapped that up. We talked about it last week, that color and design event, and we had used it on one of the displays, and what we came away with was that it was so complicated to work with and get it to look good easily. It was
2: the bubbles. The bubbles were killing me. Yeah, hated it.
1: And we recommended that you just probably don't use peel-and-stick paper on a major installation in a whole room.
2: Because it took me forever just to do a small display. I couldn't imagine possibly doing an entire room with this stuff. It would have taken forever.
1: It would have. It would have cost you your marriage. (laughs) You know, because I remember as you were working on it, I remember seeing you had one half of this display finished. And you were starting the other section and you had the first piece down and I walked away to go work on something else and mm-hmm. I was gone for 45 minutes yeah and I came back and I just stopped cuz you were exactly <laughs> in the same spot I had to question my version of reality did I understand and see what I saw?
2: Did any time pass yeah. at all?
1: And then I thought, oh, <laughs> she's really struggling. So I thought I'd make a little joke and be a little funny. Mm-hmm. And the look you gave me scared me, and I <laughs> backed just away. away. Yeah, I got yeah. out of there fast. It was and a... then
2: you came back and said, "Do you want? Should we eat? Maybe you need yeah, food. <laughs> maybe you need a break."
1: It was really stressful. It was horrible. And as we talked about it on air and off air, you kept saying, "I can't imagine doing that in a full." room you right know, just wall
2: to wall it sounded like a nightmare to me
1: all the other displays that we had done and all the other wallpaper you had previously done was using traditional paper exactly you roll the paste on put the paper up and you can slide it around
2: it's very easy smoothing it out is extremely simple and yeah I think the adjusting that you're able to do once you've got it on the wall because it slides around with the glue a little before it starts drying it's easy to get it lined up and then smooth everything out. I've never had any issues with that. Yeah, And so to take so much time on these small areas to get these bubbles out was just mind-blowing right. to
1: me. So we went and just... Kind of sounded the warning on that. The reality Mm -hmm. call, I guess I wanted to think of it as. Use it in small areas. Peel and stick paper can be perfect for certain projects. Just probably not ideal for a great big space. We don't want you to struggle and be as frustrated as Haley was. Nobody wants that in their home. No, I didn't even want that in the workplace, but I had it. (laughs) Thing is... After we did that and put that segment out, about two, three weeks later, we got another peel-and-stick paper for this same event, yep. and we put that up, and you had that thing up in 15 minutes. It, was it a flew. a world
2: of difference, and we realized after I had done that, that maybe we jumped to some conclusions. <laughs> and we should have known
1: better, and that's what we want to talk about here. First off, that first paper that you really struggled with was one of the cheaper ones that we could find. And I'm using the word cheaper on purpose there.
2: Yes, because w- peel and stick wallpaper in general is more inexpensive mm-hmm. than traditional wallpaper. This wallpaper was half the price still of normal peel and stick, so it was it was cheap.
1: It was very thin, <laughs> very flimsy, and there's it's very likely that a lot of the bubble problem that you had came yeah. from the fact that it was just a cheaper piece yeah, of goods. It
2: was thinner. It stretched very easily when I was trying to get it lined up initially. And so I think that caused some bubble issues that I was seeing as I kept applying it. The other thing is that I was also applying that more inexpensive, the cheaper wallpaper in the wrong orientation because it may, it's what the display needed mm-hmm. specifically for me to be applying it horizontally rather than vertically. And typically... You know, you'd just be applying it in the normal orientation where the unrolling of the wallpaper is in the correct orientation.
1: We never thought about that maybe affecting how the uh, actual application went. But in retrospect, especially after the other one went up so easy, we kind of thought that could have been part of it. So we wanted to come on air and talk about the fact that we really dissed on peel and stick paper.
2: Yeah. And you're being nice by saying we, because I I really diss. I know.
1: It really was you. (laughs) Haley jumped all over it. And we want to clarify that we think it might be good for a project. And in fact, because of this experience that Haley had with the second paper Mm -hmm. and the paper itself, you really liked that paper. Yeah. You had a room in your home that you were thinking about wallpapering, and you had no intention of going with peel-and-stick paper. No. But after that, you kind of thought about it. So why don't you... Walk everybody through. That's the second half. This is your penance for (laughs) what you did wrong. This is you making up for it to some extent. Walk us through the room that you had to do, Mm -hmm. the paper that you chose, and then the experience and how it went.
2: So I wanted to wallpaper my sunroom. And this is a room that I thought... It's pretty easy to tackle with wallpaper. It's mostly windows. (laughs) Sure. That's the beauty of it. You know, it's not going to take a ton of paper, I thought.
1: It's hard to have a sunroom without the windows.
2: Yes, exactly. Right. It's an important key element of a sunroom. Makes sense.
1: (laughs) So you tackled it with this peel and stick. Why the peel and stick?
2: Well, it started because, like you said, I applied that nicer peel and stick wallpaper for a display for the event. And we had some leftover, and I really liked the pattern. If anyone attended the event, it was the Wonderland paper by Rifle, and it looks like an Alice in Wonderland kind of theme. Uh, I kind of liked the idea of doing that pattern in the sunroom because I want this to be an area where I'm just encouraged to daydream. That was a big theme in our discussion that we had during that event. And I thought, well, this is perfect. I have so many connections now to this theme that this paper is like a perfect reminder for me doing that. But also after applying that paper for those displays and finding out how easy it was to apply, I thought, well, there's no reason not to use this peel and stick in this situation because it was actually really easy and fast. So So you
1: had the walls in this room were paneled, right? Yes. Kind of a fake paneling.
2: Yeah, exactly. Big sheets,
1: but it had indentations between all the planks.
2: Right, the planks, quote unquote.
1: And you were worried about maybe having to fill that because you were looking at traditional wallpaper and that that was your thought. Maybe I've got to fill that. And you brought home one of these sample pieces and put that up and it looked like it bridged the gap fairly well. Not perfect. It did sink in a little bit, but it wasn't bad to you.
2: I think... Well, one, with the traditional wallpaper, I'm not sure if the glue would have kept it, you know, tight against that indentation. I you think know, it would it have might sucked have... it
1: in more. I think you would okay. have seen more of those indentations. I think your paper bridged them a little better.
2: Yeah. it. I mean, it definitely stuck into the indentation because it's a fairly shallow gap there. However, I think... The pattern hides a lot of it, and I didn't expect that. I think with traditional wallpaper, I would have taken the time to probably go around and fill all those gaps. It's a bigger investment. It's more time potentially involved. Yeah, because
1: you're filling them with spackle or compound of some sort and then doing all that sanding and all of that cleanup. It's a lot of work. People do wonder about that. And I don't want to go on air and make the claim that this is going to bridge all the gaps and whatever right. paneling you've got. Something you would want to check into is samples are available, and a lot of the times they're free. You can just swing through any RepcoLite location that has wallpaper. And which ones are those, Haley? Just quick off so, the top of your
2: head. So 17th Street in Holland, the Lakewood store in Holland, Fulton Street in Grand Rapids, Plainfield Ave in Grand Rapids, the Broadmoor Street location in Kentwood, the Byron Center location, and our Kalamazoo location.
1: We'll put a link in the show notes to all the stores that have paper. They're the ones that have room to have libraries there. But you could swing in to any of those and ask about some samples. Yes. Like Haley got the, had some samples to work with. You can get free samples, test it on your space you know, especially with the peel-and-stick because it goes up and it can be removed and there's no, no well, residue or anything exactly left behind. Exactly.
2: If you've got any texture on the wall that's heavy, that's a great situation to test before you invest in an entire roll of wallpaper. Because even still, I mean... We're telling you that the peel-and-stick wallpaper is more inexpensive, but it's still an investment, especially if you're doing an entire room. I think people underestimate how much wallpaper they're going to need for a space. Even I did. You know, the sunroom is mostly windows, like I said, because it's a sunroom. Mm -hmm. But I thought, okay, you know, the most I'm going to need is like two or three rolls of wallpaper. Completely wrong. Two or three double rolls. Exactly.
1: You ended up needing four double rolls. Right. Because there's pattern matches and there's all kinds of stuff to consider. Again, you want to make sure you're stopping in a place that sells the wallpaper, any of those RepcoLites. They can look at your measurements, bring in good measurements, and we can make good recommendations about how much paper you need. But test it, all of those things. You put the peel and stick. Let's go back to your project now. How did it go? How easy was it compared to what you expected? And then we're going to end by talking about the price that you dropped compared to what you might have dropped.
2: How it worked is just as brilliant as it did when I was doing the display. It went so much faster than my first time doing wallpaper, which was traditional wallpaper, where I'm gluing on the wall and then applying the paper. I mean, one, you're not applying paste. So That time is kind of cut down a little bit. I'm not having to figure out exactly where I need to glue up until, you know, there's a lot of attention that goes into that gluing process. And I don't have to spend that time when I'm doing the peel and stick. So I think that helps it move a little bit faster. But also it was just easy to work with. And I think that's where I was struggling with that original peel and stick is that the paper itself was difficult to work with. And we mentioned that it's cheaper But you could tell that the rifle, one, I mean, from the price, it was more expensive, but also the paper quality, it was much thicker than the really thin peel and stick that I had used previously. And I think that's where some of that difference comes from in the ease of use.
1: Sure. Absolutely. One last thing. Um, price how did that shake out because this yeah. is very interesting if you had gone to traditional paper it would have been
2: around $500
1: and with this
2: 250
1: alright so about half the price <laughs> right yeah. there so you can check out ask about the peel and stick paper at any of the RepcoLite stores that carry wallpaper check there we've got links in the show notes so you can find them I think everybody can read between the lines, but I think you're recanting the idea. You could definitely use this in a full room installation without a concern. As long as you're getting good paper, a better quality peel and stick can do a great job and be easier to apply in some instances.
2: I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah. Very big recant there from (laughs) Haley. She's admitted that she was wrong. I was wrong. R-O-N-G. Wrong. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be looking at Ego battery-powered lawn equipment. It's something we talked about a year ago. We're going to let you know what we think now. That's just ahead.
0: Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On news radio, Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back.
1: And last segment, we focused on something that Haley was wrong about. Yes. Now, perhaps. Take it back. We're going to focus on something maybe, maybe Dan was wrong about. I know there's a collective gasp that goes up. (laughs) Is
2: such a thing possible?
1: I don't know. You're going to have to wait and find out. About a year ago or so, we went crazy really really strong into some ego power tools battery powered yard equipment yes
2: you were thrilled with this
1: i was thrilled and the reason i was thrilled is because initially and you know usually typically i would hate battery powered lawn equipment that's always been my experiences that they do not live up to all of my other tools just, they just not as
2: powerful they don't work yeah. as
1: well the batteries are just toast after a few months it's just not worth it well I had the need to get some lawn equipment last year and finally thought, I'm sick of hauling the cords around. I'm Mm -hmm. really sick of trying to start the gas powered equipment that I did have. Yeah. Struggle, struggle, struggle to get the blower going or whatever. And I thought, maybe, maybe they've improved. Let's look into them. You were familiar with a brand called Ego.
2: Yeah, I know people that sell those and rave about them. You know, they do demonstrations of the tools to customers and. It's always just really impressive.
1: Yeah. You talked to me about them. You really, really backed them. And I dug into them and I thought, you know what? Let's try them. The reviews are great. I'm going to roll the dice and see what happens. So I bought some. I had a blower. I bought a string trimmer and I bought a hedge trimmer. Yes. And I absolutely loved them. Right out of the box, I thought they were the most amazing thing ever. I wasn't tripping over the cords anymore. You know, I would always blow out the gutters on the roof in the spring oh, yeah. and in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I tried it with the gas one. I like that one better, of course, than the electric blower. But the gas blower I couldn't keep running, you know, mine just wasn't great in that regard. And then mm-hmm. starting it was always a pain in the neck. So I would go back to using the cords on the roof, and that is so problematic. Yeah. Dragging I'm them really over surprised my shingles you're and still my, alive, honestly. Well, it's yes. like
2: a trip hazard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I do tend to trip a lot. So anyway, I went with this, and I love it on the roof. I love that part of it. The other thing that I really love is that hedge trimmer. I have to do that it's probably fun. twice a year, and every year, the one that I had have, I still have it. It's an electric one. What I don't have are the extension cords. Every year, I go through an extension cord or two, because no matter how careful I am, I slice through it, because I get really excited about what I'm doing, and I cut right through the cord. <laughs> It's a lot of drama when it happens. I switched to this. The cordless part of it was brilliant. I love the fact, and this is what I really bragged about a year ago. Yes. I love the fact that I use them more often.
2: Right. This was a big thing for you. No. You know, blown off the driveway, the yes, deck. All I of should
1: that. have considered the fact and tempered that excitement with the fact that these were brand new.
2: Yeah, you're like the person in the reviews that's saying, oh my gosh, I just got this and it's amazing. Best thing I've ever used.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
2: just got it. How do you know? It was
1: brand new. Whenever I have something new, I use it a lot. Even if it's shoes or socks, I keep trying (laughs) them out. Look at these socks. They're amazing. (laughs) Anyway, I bragged them up so much that Haley jumped in.
2: Yes, I did. I got... The blower, the trimmer, and a lawnmower.
1: A lawnmower, actually. Yes. Yeah. We're going to get to that. fully into uh, it. Yeah. You went full, full. Battery. Full battery. <laughs> Is that what that, I wasn't really sure where to go with that. You were hardcore into yeah. it. And you loved them initially. Yes. Initially. However, it's been a year. How do we feel now? Do we need to recant everything we said? Do we need to apologize to the people who maybe went out on our advice and bought them? Do we need to send them checks? No. We don't. We still love them. Yeah. These things are great. They have lasted the year. I have used it a ton. You've used yours a ton. A
2: ton, especially during the fall. Having that blower was so nice. And I've got a ton of trees. Like We've got 12 oak trees in our yard. And it's a pain. I was scared going into the fall because we ended up filling up 70 yard bags seven full, zero yeah seven zero 70 bags full of leaves and we still had more coming down in the spring so you, a ton of leaves and yeah. i blew the entire yard every time with the blower.
1: Which I'm surprised about. I would not have put mine to that use thinking I was gonna get
2: oh, I put you know it use to out test. of it. You did
1: and and it actually worked for you. I've used mine for more conventional things, you know, keeping the driveway clean, of course, doing the deck, that kind of thing. The gutters, that's why I've loved the blower is is for those gutters and really has worked well for that. What I found is that the battery in my instance, because The Eagle one that both you and I have is the smaller of the two, of the three that they offer, I believe. It's Mm -hmm. the smallest one. There's more powerful ones yet. It still does a great job, Yeah. but there's two options. There's a standard blowing speed, and then you trigger a second button and you get turbo. Yeah. Once you try the turbo, you don't go back to the other one. No,
2: it's true. I don't even... There might as well not be a button because I'm just going to use the turbo. Yeah. It's by far the better solution. It is, but it
1: does burn the battery a little faster. Yes. I generally will get about 18 to 20 minutes of, you know, if I'm constantly using that turbo, it will go through the battery at that point. I've got a couple batteries, so it's not normally a big deal. I just swap them out. They do charge relatively quickly. Yeah, they do. And get going again. But I love the blower. Used it for a ton of different things. The hedge trimmer. Really, it's great. It's it's another six inches longer than the electric that I had. So it's got a right. great huge blade and really super powerful. Biggest thing about it is there's no cord to worry about cutting. And so (laughs) I loved that. The string trimmer. I'm not big on the format. It's just like a gas one. You know, one of those long gas ones.
2: Yeah. It's not the most ergonomic. Yeah.
1: That's the right word. It's not quite as comfortable to use, which I guess is exactly what you just said. (laughs) One of these days I'll stop doing that and then you'll wonder what's wrong with me. I don't love using it. It does a good job though. It does a great oh, yeah. job. It's powerful. It will cut through a ton of stuff. It's kind of sneaky powerful. And I think all of these are now the blower, you know it's doing what it's doing, but some of the other ones, they're so quiet.
2: Yes. Everything You're is so quiet
1: to see that it's actually powering through, especially with that string trimmer. I'm surprised to watch it power through what it powers through with the sound that it's emitting. It's not doing that gas whine. Yeah, it is a little
2: tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: I really love that. So all of those things that I've got, still working great. The battery life, still great. I I couldn't... Honestly, there's nothing I could say bad about it. There's nothing that I don't like, except for the ergonomic nature of the string trimmer. Yes, I will give you that. Let's talk about the mower a minute, because I thought... Honestly, Healy, I thought you were crazy. Wow. I, well, <laughs> it just seemed like such a big jump. It's hard yeah. for me to wrap my brain around a battery powered lawnmower.
2: Well, I had such a good experience with the blower and the trimmer, and I had tried out your hedge trimmer. And honestly, if those things panned out to be exactly what people were saying in the reviews. I had no reason to believe that the lawnmower wouldn't be exactly the same.
1: Now what we're talking about is the push mower. They yes. literally have a rider as well. Yeah.
2: I mean Ego has over sixty sixty over sixty tools.
1: Something like that. That
2: the use batteries the battery
1: all interchange. That's really cool. I love that about the system. So the mower though, let's get back to that. My yard is probably a medium to large yard. Yeah. It's super crazy thick, lush Yeah, you've got it's amazing. It's like
2: serious turf
1: paradise. (laughs) You know, you lay on the yard and you can make grass angels,
2: grass angels,
1: stuff like that. (laughs) There's little imprints of where I was, and I don't know that I would get the best use out of that. I need what I've got. I think potentially,
2: I think we should test this because I was reading some reviews and potentially this would still work for you, but it's true. I don't have as thick of grass. Um, My yard, I would say medium size. And I think the real kicker, though, is just my grass is a little bit thinner, so it's not going to take as much to get through it, right? It doesn't need as much power. So I wasn't concerned getting a battery-powered mower to begin with, even though, I mean, the reviews are kind of through the roof for any yard that people have reviewed on. And yeah, I've had a good experience. It's been almost a year now of me having this mower. I love that it's quiet. I love that it starts with the push of a button.
1: You don't even notice that your husband's mowing.
2: Exactly. I had no idea. There was one morning he got up and started mowing the lawn and I didn't know where he was. I was looking around for him. I finally look outside. He's mowing the lawn. I didn't even hear him out there. Yeah.
1: That part's pretty cool.
2: That's crazy to me.
1: I like that. I certainly could see like when I lived in town in Zealand, that little yard, I could mow it in, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes. And yeah, the grass wasn't terribly lush and all of that. Yeah, I think it would have been perfect for that. Should I have needed one at the time? Now, it's more expensive.
2: Yeah, it's around $500 for this entry-level mower that they have.
1: So you are, you know, that that price point is there.
2: You are getting a battery, though, and a charger, a rapid charger with that. So that's built into the price a little bit. And I think, I mean, the more batteries you have with this system, if you're buying other Ego tools, the better, because you're just swapping them out now. Right. You're never running out of battery life.
1: Now, the thing that, you know... I, we won't know until it happens and i don't know how long it will take i don't know how long the batteries last yeah i know how a long year, they'll hold the charge right and that depends on the, the use and with your lawnmower we should talk about that briefly he you're you're able to get minutes? around okay yeah. 60 minutes out of that yeah so that gets you around plenty i mentioned i think we mentioned with the blower that on that turbo yeah, I yeah about like 18 minutes, yeah yeah the hedge trimmer i've never had that run out i get all my work done before that battery has gone right. down, and the string trimmer the same thing. You Never had to stop in the middle and recharge. No, I don't know how long the batteries last, and once they go and they're dead, and you have to replace them, they're not inexpensive. You're probably looking at about two hundred and fifty bucks for a battery. Yeah, at this point, I don't see any inclination that it's slowing down. I, you know, right. my old am getting
2: the same runtime. I guess yeah. I would say out of the battery as when I first got it a year ago. And it's charging the same as it was. And I ugh, I did a bad thing. <laughs> I left the batteries in my garage that's not Over the winter? Over the winter. Oh, I that is a bad thing. Yeah. I didn't think about it. I just didn't think about it. And so I was really concerned starting doing the yard work this spring. And but you're all And I haven't right. had any problems.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My older ones, I had uh, cheaper battery-powered equipment that I would buy. And normally by about a year the batteries are no longer doing what what they were meant to do. And you have to replace them now. Admittedly, those are about 50, 60 bucks at the time to get a new battery. So it's a different game. But it was still very frustrating. This has not disappointed in the least. My favorite bottom line is the fact that still, I am, you know, in, in the beginning, that very first time we talked about them, I mentioned it in this segment. The thing I was really excited about is that I was using them more often. right? And even now, I'm using them way more often and it's just because it's so much easier, I'm not struggling to start it. And I'm not struggling with just the, the rigmarole of getting the cords out, draping them over the yard, carrying them all over the place, coiling them all back gas. up. Running
2: I mean, any of that stuff stops you in the middle of a project. It does.
1: And it, well, honestly, what it did is it stopped me from even starting mm. that, you know, I yeah. just could leave the, the grass clippings on the driveway. Who cares? You yeah. know, or whatever. That's I fair. can let the edge grass just grow.
2: Yeah, who cares? I don't
1: want to get the cords out. <laughs> now I get it out and it's doing what it's meant to do. You know, it's meant to beautify your yard Right. the final little touches, and mine's doing it great because I'm using it on a regular basis, and I use it because it's so easy to get it out there and get going again. And we
2: should say that we're not sponsored by Ego. This right. is fully of our own volition.
1: Exactly. And there are other uh, manufacturers out there who make great products. Steel is another one yeah. where the products are really well reviewed. From what we have understand, we've dug into that. It. The thing I don't like as much about those, and somebody correct us if we're wrong. We yeah. love that, and we'll recant mo- some more <laughs> next week. But it seems that the steel ones, uh, the batteries aren't as interchangeable. They're, they're interchangeable within series. Right. So the lawnmower battery can bounce to certain other products. But the blower battery, it's not best to use. You can't use that in the lawnmower and back and forth. Whereas the Ego, it's one battery. And as you buy more and more equipment with the batteries, and which we recommend, buy your equipment at least a couple of pieces with yeah. their own batteries. You can buy them separate batteries. or you can buy them with the batteries. Make sure you get at least a couple And then they can be interchanged all over the place. Exactly. But do your research. What we wanted to stress here is that battery-powered equipment is better than you might be thinking that it is. Might be time to jump in. Might be something that will help you do what I'm doing, do what Haley's doing, and just get out there more often. Exactly. And make your space look a little better. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're talking about another gem of West Michigan. Yes, it's been a little while. We're gonna give you something to do today, or sometime next week. We've got a whole day planned for you. (laughs) We're gonna tell you what you're doing in just a minute. Stick around.
0: If you wanna take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM.
1: All right, Haley, we promised everybody at the end of last segment that we had marching orders.
2: Yeah, a gem of West Michigan that you must visit.
1: Must visit today.
2: Today? Right. No, no, no. <laughs> you can do
1: it. Whenever you feel like.
2: Yeah, they're it's, actually open seven days a week. So. It's
1: America so far still, so you can still do it however you feel like. And yeah, it's it's open, what'd you say? Seven days a week. Seven days a week.
2: From 10 to 6.
1: Oh, look at that. It's an amazing place. We talk about these gems of West Michigan, and we just feel like these are places that I'm sure lots of people know about. But not enough people know about them. Exactly. Mainly the bottom line is I didn't know about them. (laughs) And when I see them, I'm stunned that I've gotten this far in life without realizing this place was just around the corner and this one is an antique mall. We have talked about a couple different ones in the past, and it's really both of our vibe. We really yeah. like it. if
2: anyone listens to the show on a regular basis, you know that we are antique people. Yeah. It is a hobby of ours.
1: And so we know places that are really good, and we mm-hmm. know places that, ah, eh, you know, that was all right. Well, we found a really good one Haley did. It's in Saugatuck.
2: Yeah. what was it called again? It's very simple, the Saugatuck Antique Pavilion. And it's an antique mall, it's huge. Let me just say that right off the bat.
1: Yeah, I was going to repeat that in different words and say it was really big, but there's really no reason to do that. (laughs) No, it's... It kept going and going. It was...
2: Surprising. I didn't actually expect it to be as large of a place as it was. No,
1: it actually turned out to be troublesome for me because I start and, you know, I, I find my way to the one side and I'm going to just weave. I've got a pattern and here's what I'm going to do and I'm going to check these things out and right off the bat... I'm finding all this cool stuff. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say it now because I'll forget about it later. When we walked in, somebody is checking out. And I heard this guy say to the to the guy at the register, you guys have a ton of really cool stuff here. And then we're in there for I don't know how long. A long time. But yeah, yeah. Several hours or a couple hours later, an hour later. I'm walking through and I, I'm back up by the register because I'm weaving and I hear an entirely new person say, you know what? You have an amazing amount of really cool stuff here.
2: Do you think he S- gets sick of hearing that though?
1: I'm sure you don't get sick of hearing that. <laughs> I never get sick of hearing how amazing I am.
2: Yeah. You just I just in disbelief actually. <laughs> right. I've recorded myself saying that
1: and I play that as I fall asleep at night and listen to that. Yeah. You're no, amazing. You're amazing. So amazing. But like I said, my problem with the space was I start wandering through and there's so many cool things that are jumping out at me. Mm-hmm. You were way smarter than me. I'm logging it in, in my mind and I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. But there might be something cooler. I've got a long way to go. Yeah. I better wait. And then I get to another thing. Oh, my gosh. The, the price on that is really good, but I better wait and i get to the end and i thought okay there's like six things that i i go could back and get not up. remember where they were <laughs> never found them again That's you took terrible. pictures you took pictures as you were going
2: yes i did i took pictures i also at some point needed something out of a case and there's a woman on standby with this giant Seriously, giant ring of keys. I don't know if you saw this, Dan. No, but I heard somebody walking. But it was like the size of her head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would have loved that. I heard somebody walking with this big jingling thing of keys. I
2: mean, they say the more keys you have, the more powerful. This woman <laughs> could she, be president.
1: Yeah, she probably has the codes to the nuclear Seriously, you know, launch it was huge. button. But
2: anyways, she gets something out of a case for me. And I'm giving that to her because I can't hold it. It was in a case, so she has to go yep. put it up at the front, and then I realize, oh, okay, well, if I just give her some stuff, then oh, I'll she'll... just send it up to the front, and I'll just commit, you know, at least it'll be waiting for me. Maybe I'll change my mind a mm-hmm. little bit when I get up there, but I can at least start putting the things that I know I might want yeah. up at the front, I so was she helped me. I
1: was really bummed that I didn't remember where it was. The uh, One of my favorite things about it, besides the space and how much there was, besides how Cool. It was really well curated, I would say.
2: Yeah. They've got a ton of booths there, but each dealer does an amazing job.
1: Really, really good, interesting stuff. And I don't know if it was just the day or what, but how it was displayed, maybe Mm -hmm. this is going to really sound crazy. It was very easy for me to process. I've been in some places where I get almost dizzy.
2: Yeah, I get visually fatigued.
1: Yes, there's so much going on. And there was a ton going on here. I really don't know what the difference was. But it was laid out in such a way that I I found it very easy to process what I was looking at. I
2: think that the aisles have more space between. Is that it? Yeah. That was a big thing for me. Like, the booths were spaced apart from each other. Like, the aisle was way wider than it normally is in other places that I've been, at least. Where it's like, okay, you've got this narrow walkway and you've got stuff on either side of you. This was like, I don't know, there's just room to breathe. It had really high ceilings. Yeah, like that.
1: The bathroom was nice. Oh, use the bathroom. The fixtures were older, <laughs> but there was plenty of them. It wasn't just that little cubby hole bathroom oh, that you have. yes.
2: Yep. I've yeah, been in that no, one.
1: I, yeah, I partook of all that the building had to offer <laughs> and enjoyed that. And um, yeah, I really I can't recommend the place enough. It was so much fun to tool around. I could have honestly stayed there for another hour or two. It's a
2: dangerous place, though, because there is a lot of good stuff in there. And I... <sighs> I wasn't really ready to spend that much money.
1: No, no, same here, but really interesting. The Saugatuck Antique Pavilion. Yeah. Great little place to take a drive to. Definitely recommend it if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday after you've picked up all your paint.
2: Yeah, and it's right on the Blue Star Highway.
1: Absolutely. Really easy to find. We'll put a link in the show notes. Haley, that's it. We're done. We got to wrap it up. If you want to find this one again, you can find it online at Repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City paint stores are open until 3. Waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen.
2: And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.